back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we are creating our most ambitious episode yet. We have not one, but three guests today. I'll start off by welcoming the duo who rewinds, reviews, and rewatches the entirety of the MCU on their podcast. We'd like to welcome back Al and Tony from MCU Rewind. Welcome in, guys. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, hey, pretty good. Yeah, we're doing well. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having us on. You know what? Um, we were wondering... Trying to figure out, especially after our hiatus, how hey, how do we get back into it? Uh, you know, because you just had that the break in the workflow and, and not, and then we started looking at like, okay, who do we normally have on as guests, and how do you know, and how do we get them back? And with this bracket thing, we just thought, man, this would be so much fun to get you guys on. Uh, you know, to hear y'all go at it with us on, on a bracket i'm very excited because you know um as a fellow educator working with kids all the time i'm been honing my argument skills like the uh, <laughs> i'm rubber your glue the uh, uh <laughs> the i know you are but what am i and the age-old nuh-uh so i'm real excited to start arguing yeah. these <laughs> yeah well you know with debating skills like that and the fact that there are four of us we are going to need a deciding voice for this bracket episode today. So we thought, who better than someone who's been on the podcast before, but only those who stick around for the in-tag are familiar with their voice. We're delighted to welcome officially for the first time, Ken, to the podcast. Welcome, Ken. Welcome. Hi. Hi there. Thank yeah. you. How's it going? I'm doing great. It's good to be back. That one time I was featured, I was just listening in and Watching all of this develop is just bringing back great memories. I was just smiling when you were introducing and starting it all up. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, it's live. <laughs> and this time you get to, you know, throughout the, the entire episode here. here. Right now, this time I have to participate. So as an educator as well, now I, I know what students feel like. Like, <laughs> oh, I have to really listen and chime in now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now we can call on the, uh, the teachers, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Well, you know, yeah. you've talked about it before you were in that episode remains one of my favorite in tags. Uh, so thank you for that. Mm. And thank you for joining us here today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. On. Of course, we always like to spotlight the work that our guests have been doing before jumping into the episode. So Alan, Tony, MC Rewind, you guys have been here before. You have been covering the entirety of the MCU in release order. But one of the new things that you two have been doing this year is grab bag episodes. I was wondering if you could let our listeners know what those are and how you two have been enjoying them since you started them. Okay, so we've been doing the MC Rewind for almost six years now. Wow. Uh, we're, com we're coming close to our 300th main episode. We got a bunch of specials, so we have a lot more than that. That's awesome. But we're like, um, we're still feeling it, but every once in a while we want to switch it up. And we see episodes, a lot like these episodes that you guys do, of just like having random fun, maybe lists, maybe bracket episode stuff. And we just wanted to switch it up. So after six years, we don't want to get stale. We want to keep our excitement um, going and we want the listeners to have, I know they love the watch alongs, but we want to have something a little different too, to get a little bit more of our personalities more than just the same stuff every week as much as we like doing that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we've, we've uh, said this, I think multiple times on, on our show, at least um, we did not have a good name for it. 
unfortunately, the name Grab Bag just stuck. So if anyone else has any ideas, please let us know. <laughs> we are desperate for a better name. <laughs> but it might be too late. Now my head's running. Like, there's got to be something in the MCU that has, is, is applicable to this. You know, I don't think Tony or I even tried to think about something MCU related. Yeah. We just tried to think of a name. <laughs> that's how we ended up with it. <laughs> oh, man. See, now I'm thinking B-Y-O-T. Bring your own topic. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's all I got right now. But yeah, so, you know, I listened to your most recent one where you guys did a draft where y'all were creating y'all's own superhero team and y'all pulled from the ABC shows, the Marvel television shows, MCU, and my personal favorite, Hulu Heroes, which just gave me so much joy every time you uttered the phrase Hulu Heroes in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> what was it like drafting a team uh, for that episode? Uh, it was a lot harder than I thought initially. We had different categories. We could only pick one of each category, like a main hero from movies, a supporting hero from movies. Like you said, a Netflix hero, an Apple hero, a Hulu hero. And I just wanted to keep my team balanced. And I realized, half, if you listen to the episode, I realized halfway through that I forgot a tech hero. And it completely threw my team out of the water and just messed everything up. So it was, yeah, everyone has extremely different power levels. So it was rough. <laughs> yeah, it, it was surprisingly harder than you would think. Because, you know, when, when you start thinking of, like, the main like power heroes, they're in, usually in the movies. And then some of them have ended up in the Disney Plus shows. And then everything else in the other realms, the other TV shows, that kind of stuff, uh, are considerably less powerful. And so it's it's like this really weird team that you always end up with. Um, you you can balance it out, but it's it's hard. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think the, the first time we did a draft episode, I remember, and it wasn't characters, it was movies, right? With, uh, with TK and... I remember afterwards feeling so like at the time feeling confident in my picks, but then afterwards, just like, what did I do? How did I end up with those? <laughs> yeah, I think that's where hashtag Jude Redemption started. Was yeah. That episode. <laughs> you know, you have you have the plan going in, but then everything's yeah. everything's harder under the pressure of a timer. So. Mm. Uh, of course, thank you guys for letting our listeners know what they can expect at MCU underscore rewind on Twitter and MCRewind.com is a great place to keep up. And of course, subscribing to their podcast, MCU Rewind, wherever you get podcasts would be a fantastic decision. Well, if you downloaded this episode, then you know we're going to be talking about what is the best Stan Lee cameo in the MCU using our tournament bracket. Now, we've done enough of these that you are probably familiar with how we do this. Five minutes on the clock, we debate a particular matchup. As soon as that timer hits, it is time to vote and move on. However, the twist that we're bringing this time is we're doing a bracket versus. There are going to be four of us that will be split into a team of two. MCU Rewind versus MCU Need to Know. Each matchup, each team will get to send a representative to debate within those five minutes. And Ken holds the most power tonight where he will get to decide whose argument was stronger moving forward. Now, we have both picked six 
candidates of Stanley cameos. Uh, we're going to put those in a randomized bracket. But before we do that, it's always a good thing to set our criteria for the listener. So I'm going to start with you, Ken, since you were doing a lot of the evaluating tonight. What are you looking for in a Stanley cameo? So personally for me, um, when it comes to Stanley's cameos, um, I feel that he needs to be speaking. There, he has to say something. Um, it can be funny. It can just be a very passive remark and just just uh, get the scene over with. So that's one. Um, the other is I really hope that he actually interacts with any of the characters um, and not just, you know, just like a passing glance. And if you see him, great. If you don't, you miss him and that's it. But it it, it adds a little bit more if he at least it, sort of interacts in some way. So that's what I'm, that's my, those are my standards, but you know, I'm also open to hearing other, other perspectives on what makes a great Stanley cameo. I like that. I, uh, I didn't consider the interacting with the other characters, but that's, that's going to be something to keep in mind as we go through these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Al, what about you? What's your criteria when it comes for choosing a Stanley cameo? Ooh, uh, I did not have an answer ready for this. I, a <laughs> uh, oh, wild card. Is, I love it. Th- yes. Uh, this is like whenever anyone asks me, Hey Al, what's your favorite? Blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, depends on my mood at that moment. Um, so whatever, uh, whatever I'm feeling, I think at the time, uh, is probably the best that I will be able to describe that right now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, to give it probably a little bit more, um, you know, I, I think one of the big things that I like is if there is any kind of effect that, uh, Stanley had in, in the movie or, uh, is, you know, better, cooler to see in the moment, right? Cause there are some of these where you're like, oh, hey, there's Stanley. He made his cameo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there are a few others where like, oh, hey, that was really funny or, oh, that was, uh, that actually kind of worked for, for the film, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I tend to like those a lot more. And so I'll probably be leaning more towards those kinds of, of effects. Fantastic. I, I like the the honesty of whatever I'm feeling in the moment. I love that impassion. Like, I'm just going to go with the vibe. <laughs> uh, Tony, what about you? What's, uh, what's your criteria? Well, unlike Al, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, so Stan Lee is a prolific actor. Uh, he's one of the few people who have played multiple characters in the MCU, uh, along with like Gemma Chan and Paul Bettany. <laughs> My criteria is, does he create a well-rounded character in the (laughs) five to 30 seconds he's on screen? (laughs) Amazing. You know, you can say so much and sometimes not say anything at all. And I think that's the power Mm -hmm. of Stan Lee. (laughs) And, you know, I'm really hoping this randomizer goes my way because I have some arguments ready for certain (laughs) post-credit scenes. (laughs) I'm so excited because again, we each each team picks six nominees, but that randomizer really takes away mm-hmm. the ownership of that nominee, and it's going to put us in some awkward situations where we may have to vote for one that we didn't even pick. So, oh, Jude, yeah, what's your criteria here when it comes to Stanley cameos? I, at first, I was in the Al camp, like, like okay, just just how I felt. How I felt, but also what I felt during, uh, I guess, the watch. Um, but listening to everybody, one of the things for me with Stanley cameos that I guess when I'm watching them just makes me really love them um, is the well-rounded characterness. Uh, 
believe it or not. Like, like which, and what I mean by that is just that when you get that moment of connection, um, like that interaction, right. And you get this moment of connection that he, that, that Stanley added something. Um, and it wasn't just, Oh, we got to have this. So pick on Raimi Spider-Man since that's not part of the MCU where he just grabbed the kid and moved him out of the way. You know, uh, it was nice to see him there, but there, but there's others interaction wise. Like those are the ones that I'm most drawn to. You know, it's, it's funny how it feels like I might be going in the other direction. I, I don't know if maybe I'm just naive, but I fall for the Stanley cameo every time. I always like, I know he's in every movie, but every time it happens, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I'm surprised as though it's the first time they've ever done one. So for me, I think the thing that if I'm evaluating moving forward or something that I've put a lot of emphasis in is the ability for his cameo to feel natural with the scene, not something that just like halted here it is. Like it felt realistic to the world. They were, uh, inserted into which is so funny because there are time there are cameos where he is almost in a meta nature commenting on the fact that he has been in every one of these cameos so yeah and of course i think every one of you have touched on this the humor like above all the humor i think is the special nature of the uh the cameo so mm-hmm. that feels like an easy one to go to yeah well all right you're getting ready for the randomizer. So give me a second here. I'm going to do the randomization and then I will get it up on your screens. So if you can see the Zencaster, there's the link. I see the link. Oh, it's not ready. Oh, you know, usually it helps when you start the tournament. Oh, <laughs> put it on now. There we there. go. All, All right. right. Yep. I see. It. Ooh. Okay. Feel free to commentate. Let people know what you're thinking. Well, I'll say the first the first thing that came to mind it was just seeing what had the bye week, so to speak, and knowing that Al and Tony get to pick. Do they want the top part of the bracket or the bottom part? <laughs> oh, that's right. You guys were supposed to decide before I randomized it. <laughs> well, you get the benefit of knowledge now. Would you guys like to take the top or bottom brackets all the way through to the end? Oh. Al, I'm feeling the top bracket, but what do you think? Sure. Let's go with the top bracket. Works for me. Okay. All right. It's been decided. Now, of course, if you're listening along, we will post a link that you can follow along with the podcast as well. Uh, check the show notes for that. Okay, uh, we are coming up on round one. It is going to be Avengers Age of Ultron and Thor the Dark World. Now, MC Rewind, who are you going to nominate as your first speaker to debate? Al, I would like to take this one. That sounds good to me. Go for it. Okay. Jude? Um, ooh, uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in there. Unless okay. unless you have some unless you have something ready to go, no, you can go ahead. Okay, all right. So, uh, refresh my memory. MC Rewind. You guys are taking the top one. Yes. All right. Here we go. Avengers: Age of Ultron versus Thor: The Dark World. Five minutes on the clock, starting now. So, 
When I mentioned that uh, Stan Lee needs to bring a well-rounded character, what is more well-rounded than a World War II veteran who can stand up to uh, sharing a drink from Brumhilde's fleet? I mean, there's nothing better. I think, frankly, to ruin my bracket, this is my number one pick. Um, so, yeah, we've got uh, – it's funny. His reaction to the drink is funny. And his, um, he's definitely interacting with both Cap and Thor, showing that he's a true hero to um, being strong enough to take that drink and not die, presumably. <laughs> and um, him uh, like possibly uh, insinuating that maybe he fought alongside Cap in World War II. Okay, see, um, that all sounds wonderful. The, the, the problem is, mm -hmm. is that in the Dark World one, Stan Lee's ability to give someone, everyone in the audience has an opportunity to relate to him, right? Because, like, he's sitting there listening to Selvik go on and on and draw this stuff. And as an MCU fan, I'm with him, right? And then, and then you have the shoe, and it kind of completes of like, okay, this is crazy, right? And he's like, I want my shoe. But if you're the average goer, or say, like, my wife, and watching this, you're right there with them in the sense of like, no, this is crazy. Why are we watching this? Give me my shoe back, right? And so his ability to draw in a wide range of audience with that performance, um, it was very powerful. There was a lot, I think, going on in just, what, four, 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 four words? Yeah, four words. No, I, I understand that. Now, uh, questioning, though, like, we know why he was invited to the Avengers party. Um, we know that he's a World War II vet, so Cap would invite him and possibly honor the other heroes of American history. Why was that um, version of Stanley in the um, in the mental institution, or the mental hospital, I should probably say? Um, there's a question I'm wondering myself is like, we don't get to know anything about that Stanley other than he enjoys having two shoes. <laughs> he enjoys having two shoes. You know what? <sighs> Touche on that one. Um, <laughs> on, on that one I <laughs> you know what? I, I will, I will say this on, on the dark world. Um, I think what we, what was wonderful about that one, is that is continuing in the tradition of planting MCU seeds, right? Because we hadn't yet known that Stan is actually like a watcher, right? And, and jumping on all all those other things, and so when when you see that, then it's like it makes sense that a watcher would be seeing Selvig explain the world because uh, who else better understands and knows the world than a watcher who watches all of it? You know, I completely agree. Selvig is really good at explaining the world. Stan Lee, on the other hand, in that moment, not so much. <laughs> Where, again, my heroic World War II vet version of Stan Lee um, is uh, standing alongside two of the greatest heroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor and Captain America, and standing side by side with them, drinking them, probably schooling. Uh, Cap's probably good at um, billiards. 
But Thor has probably never played the game before, so he's probably schooling the rest of them but as well. As a watcher, the level of restraint, the level of temperance and moderation that he was able to muster up um, to not, you know, correct Selvik or jump in or blow his cover, I think is just as tough and heroic as, you know, taking a drink with the boys. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't have a response to that. Uh, because I'm not sure it's a valid argument. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jude. <laughs> there's, there's a part of me that wishes I was recording this video. <laughs> 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 to see, to see the conviction in my face as I <laughs> and watch everyone's reaction. <laughs> there we have it. Our first round. <laughs> yeah, I uh, so I'm sorry for going so cutthroat. I'm I, I'm used to uh, debating like seventh eighth graders, so you have to go mm-hmm. for like the base of that logic. <laughs> so I have to kind of tear it apart. You know, like how everybody loves two shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not everybody, but we know Stan Lee does <laughs> in Thor: The Dark World. True. Ken, we've come to the end of the round. Which way are you leaning with these uh, arguments? Do you want me to just go with my choice, or do I? explore what I found um, as, you know, good points from both sides. How Go with uh, the best points from each one leading into who you're deciding with. Okay. All right. Um, from Age of Ultron, I love what Tony said about showcasing how Stanley stands toe-to-toe with two mighty heroes. I agree. That, that, that really portrays him uh, as a character with history and, and showing that physical connection to to the characters. But I also appreciate what Jude said about sort of that relatability um, where, yeah, Stanley's sort of like, well, I wouldn't say an everyday person. He is in a hospital. Um, but then you're seeing the reaction and this total disbelief to uh, what Selvig was trying to you know present. There's a bit of humor there. I do appreciate whenever Stanley sort of contradicts or his character is contradicting the world that he himself has created. Um, but my point will go to Age of Ultron. Uh, I, I love the points. And I think Stanley also sell, said Excelsior at the mm-hmm. very end. And, you know, I, I think that's a, a common phrase that's always attributed to Stanley. So that line alone and everything that came before it you know, sold that scene yeah. for me. All right. No, Ken, thank you for making the right choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> MC Rewind is the first on the board. All right. We're moving on to the next round. This one is going to be Iron Man 3 versus Iron Man. I'm going to do a better job of setting this up because I didn't do this last time. Iron Man 3 Stanley cameo is the one where Tony's trying to break into the TV news truck. And we see that Stanley is on in the background of one of the TVs holding up a uh, sign that has the number 10 on it. And Iron Man is the one where we see Tony's like on some sort of red carpet and he confuses Stan Lee as Hugh Hefner. So 
MC Rewind, who is going to go in on this one? Yeah, I guess that'll be me, um, Al. All right. All right, Jude, I'm going in. You or do you feel passionate nope, about this all one? You. All right, here we go. Uh, Iron Man three versus Iron Man. MC Rewind has Iron Man three. Five minutes on the clock, starting now. Okay, so. Uh, I think the big important thing about this cameo appearance is the fact that it didn't need to interject itself into the story, right? This was something that Tony Stark happened to see. It was it was there in the background. Uh, and we could see that, hey, this is a little bit of adding to the story of Stan Lee that, hey, he... Um, just kind of ended up with this, uh, I wouldn't call it a job per se, because I don't know the level of uh, beauty pageant that this was. Uh, it could have been a volunteer thing uh, or something else. I, I have no idea how you end up uh, being a judge for, for that kind of thing. But I think what it's saying is outside of Stan Lee's, this, this person's life that he has at this point in time uh, within the MCU, uh he just decided to take this side job and that led to other things. And I like to think that that leads to sitcom level shenanigans for uh, this character of Stanley. And that's, that's kind of where, where I'm going with it. I think, I think sitcom level shenanigans Stanley is, uh, is pretty good. You know, it's very admirable that that Stanley has worked his way up to being a judge on some sort of contest like that. But if we're going pound for pound here, this Stan Lee and Iron Man, he's on the red carpet. He's at the top of the top. And it helps that this is the first cameo within the MC, uh, MCU, Marvel Studios movies, Iron Man. Uh, and it's just, it's fantastic because it's one of those ones that fits in with my criteria of, you know, I forget it's coming every time because it feels so natural to the world. Tony's shaking hands, meeting with people, and there's Stan Lee, uh, who he confuses for Hugh Hefner. Now, I, you know, I appreciate Iron Man 3 a lot. You know, we've talked about it from time to time here, but I'm going to go with the, the partier here that is the Stan Lee cameo in Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, that. so that is a good cameo in the respect that, you know, it's uh, the fact that Stan Lee, as an actor uh, with such a wide range, has been in uh, Marvel-related uh, properties since, I think it was the 80s. I was, I was trying to look it up. Uh, I did not write that down out of curiosity. But it was nice that this was his first cameo into the MCU, right? It, it um, really just kind of kicked off the, yeah, hey, this thing's been going on for like two decades. Let's keep doing it. Um, so I think that that was, was a, a, a nice way to kind of force the fact that, you know, and make it keep happening pretty much. Um, especially because, you know, back then they didn't, they weren't really sure if this was going to keep going and turn into the, the thing that it did turn into. So I will say, you know, there, there's some good points to it there. But in Iron Man 3... I was really hoping I'd have something to say there. It's hard. How, how can I defend this? I don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> no, I totally I feel you. Yeah, this is the, this is the times where the randomizer has one of those unfair matchups. Uh, 
You're not working with a lot over there, which is why I think Iron Man's cameo is the one that's got to move forward. Um, and the thing that always gets me about this one is we take Tony at his word of like, hey, Hugh Hef, he's dressed up like Hefner, but we don't know. I mean, that could just be how Stanley decided to dress up that day. And it makes it ultimately funnier if you go into Iron Man 2, where he gets confused as it is it Larry King, I think, is the next one. Yes, Larry King. Yeah. And it's like, I just want to believe that Stanley is just going to these red carpet events, dressing up as different <laughs> monumental people and getting confused by Tony, uh, which makes him ultimately confuse Tony as Tony Stank so much funnier by the end. <laughs> So you had a hard one here, Al. Yeah. Although I, I, I will say, and I know there's like 26, 26, 25 seconds left on the clock. Um, I, I was digging the, the whole sitcom angle. Cause every time I see that one, I think of the movie drop dead gorgeous, which is just so funny to, um, and it's a think of like best in show, you know, the, the Christopher guest kind of oh. thing. Um, it's not his work, but think of that, but of like small town beauty pageant type things. Um, and I just imagine that's uh, documentary style. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, there you have it. Timer has ended. Ken, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. So, when Al mentioned sitcom level shenanigans, it did draw it to attention to the fact that, yeah, Stan Lee can play so many characters. And I guess see, after seeing that scene, it just made me wonder oh, what more, what else can they put Stan Lee through? So there's that level of sort of excitement. Um, it does miss out on my criteria where I do want to see Stan Lee interacting um, with, with any of the characters from the movie. Um, but yeah, Iron Man 1 is, is as you said, Trey, it's the first Stanley cameo in, in the MCU. So it does just not going to be objective at all. It has a very special place in my heart. Like that's what started it all. And I do wonder, though, did he really confuse him for Hugh Hefner or was Stanley playing Hugh Hefner? I, I don't know. <laughs> So. that's something we could check like the credits to see if he's credited as mm -hmm. Hugh Hefner yeah. himself mm -hmm. or Hugh Hefner. Well, besides the point, he, he showed up, he interacted uh, <laughs> with Tony Stark. So yeah, I'd have to give this round to Iron Man one. There you in, have it. In fairness, I think Iron Man three was my, was one of my entries. So that, that one was a tough one. And I've and I was running like I said that whole drop dead gorgeous. Well, that's what I really think. But I was trying to like, okay, if I get this, how do I present that? How do I present this? <laughs> <laughs> so I want to propose a new rule here. Uh, how mm -hmm. about once we hit the two minute mark, any of the people not part of the debate can kind of jump in for some support if we need it, just to get a little bit more okay. of our thoughts on the board here. That sounds great. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. All right. Well, moving on to the next round, we have the cameo in Thor and Captain America Winter Soldier. Now, 
the Captain America Winter Soldier cameo is this Stan Lee uh, posing as the night guard and finds out that Captain America has stolen uh, his old suit and he thinks that he is going to be fired. The Thor cameo is when they are all trying to pull the hammer out of the pit and Stanley ruins his truck. So, MC Rewind, are you going to continue the alternating or do either one of you uh, have a passion plea to go this time? Um, I do want to take this one out. Okay, have at it. Jude? All right. Um, I was going to defer to you since it's Winter Soldier. All right, I'm down with that. Cap. Cap Yeah, this was my nominee. So here we go. Thor versus Winter Soldier. MC Rewind has Thor. Five minutes on the clock, starting now. So this is... uh, uh, these two uh, uh, cameos are two different versions of Stanley's. Do you want the Winter Soldier, Stanley the victim, or Thor, the Stanley proactive player in his own life? Um, where uh, he's like he's victimized by one of our heroes. He makes Captain America looking look bad by thinking Cap doesn't even care about this guy's job. Where here he's uh, yeah he's part of the group having the party around Mjolnir. But he is proactively trying to um, take this item along with his friends. He's trying to see... He doesn't know it yet, but he is one of the few people in the world who's trying to see if they've become worthy. Um, Also, neither of these have interactions directly with our heroes, but this is... Mjolnir is almost a hero of the MCU. We... We're sad when it got destroyed. We were triumphant when it returned in Endgame. I say he is interacting with a hero of the MCU. So I like what you're going for here uh, by personifying the the hammer as a hero. Uh, And even more so how you're saying that Stanley is trying to aid Thor, whereas Captain America was almost punishing him for making him lose his job. But if... Stanley was really that effective in Thor, he would have had the hammer out for Thor to use. Because of his negligence in Captain America the Winter Soldier, Captain America gets to look pretty dang good at that finale of the big climactic scene. So if Stanley in that universe would have been a little bit more on the job, uh, maybe Cap doesn't have as emotional of a plea to Bucky to come back from the dark and we no longer have the uh, rejuvenation of Bucky from the Winter Soldier. So I would credit Stan Lee to helping further along the MCU storyline more than he did in Thor. Not to mention, it's if speaking within the criteria of our votes, it's one of those ones that fits perfectly perfectly within the world that they've set up. He's just this guard uh, in in the story that doesn't detract from it, but it adds so much humor when you think that this guy is just like upset because he's lost his job. True. He does. uh, um, We feel for him when he loses his job or when he potentially loses his job. True. Um, But don't we also feel for this old, possibly retired man when his car is destroyed? Uh, at this time, superhero and superhero item-related um, damages probably not covered by insurance. That probably doesn't happen until after Endgame. So he is in the he's a, possibly also lost his livelihood if he's this person who uses that pickup truck 
every day uh, in his job or just getting from here to there. Uh, so if you're counting points on who's more victimized, I say it's is we have an argument that both of them are victimized. You bring up a good argument, and I am struggling to come up with a counter argument in the moment. Hmm. I, I the, the the finding line between me is if we're going for pity points here. Yes, his car is destroyed. But listen to the glee in his voice at the end of that scene where he's like, did I get it? He knows he's in trouble in Winter Soldier. So he's much more sympathetic of a character for me in that one where he knows he is in deep trouble there. Whereas there's still hope in the Thor version. You're right. You are totally right. And you know, seconds later, he comes out of his car and that hope is crushed. He's actually in a lower moment because it was coming from so high. You mean in a scene uh, where he thought see? he got... Yeah, well, we we don't know that he's fired either. No, that's that's... So, like, <laughs> he just presumes. But we know one thing for sure is happening. He's going to get out of that and see that his truck is destroyed. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to jump in here with this break and um, just add one other fact. I don't know if this is a pro or a con, but I guess what we do learn in Thor is that Stan Lee is not worthy of wielding Mjolnir. Oh, thank you. Al. The, the truck, the truck is not worthy. The truck's not worthy. Oh, that's also yes. a good point. It was yeah, a, it was a, it was see, a truck Stan Lee was wielding the truck, and if the Mjolnir <laughs> is a character, a character within the MCU judged him as not worthy. So trucks cannot move Mjolnir, but elevators can. Elevators are worthy. Oh, that argument. The elevator, the elevator is worthy. Oh, man. All right, that is the timer. Ken, uh, what are your thoughts here? Oh, my gosh, this is hard. Um, uh, I'll go with, the, I'll go with uh, the arguments where it's mostly comparing... Um, which which cameo appearance did Stanley end up feeling the worst? I guess is that <laughs> is that what we want to avoid? So I think in both cases, yes, the Stanley, the truck driver, Stanley, the night guard. I think yeah, uh, they they lost something. Um, but between Thor coming down to help the truck driver and Captain America like vouching and saying, I actually took. The, the 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 uniform and giving it back to the museum. I think um, the night guard Stanley uh, would suffer less because Cap might come back and vouch for him. Um, this Winter Soldier does he go on the run yet? No, not yet. Okay, no. so uh, he's got a with that to do. <laughs> yeah, with that I might have to uh, yeah just a little bit of fixing up all the tears and burns I would go for the the night guard <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I really didn't know where that was going yeah. for a second I know, I like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see and what you were what we were saying about the elevator and the truck's not worthy I wonder but if you put Mjolnir on an elevator the elevator will yeah, still go so up like, what right? makes you wonder of like did some CEO 
or product <laughs> management for whoever, whatever company that truck was, just get mad because it was like product placement in reverse. Like our car is not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that opens up a can of worms about like worker exploitation. Right? <laughs> maybe maybe the elevator was manufactured more ethically than that car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're getting into some clerk's territory, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I got to say, these conversations are not going anywhere I predicted they would, and I'm loving it. <laughs> so, moving along, our next bracket is... Black Panther versus Infinity War. So MCU Rewind, you guys could be taking Black Panther. Uh, we will be taking Infinity War. Uh, how are you feeling? Who's going to go in for MCU Rewind in this one? Yeah, Tony, I think I'll go ahead and take it. All right. Jude, this is your pick. I'm in. You going in? Yep. All right. Here we go. Five minutes on the clock. Black Panther versus Infinity War starting now. You know, we, we've gone first. Why don't you go go first? Okay, thank you. Um, I, I'm just going to start here, right? What you, what you see in these two, right? Because there's interaction. And one, the interaction you see is Stan Lee is a thief. And the other, what you see <laughs> is Stan Lee, where he belongs in New York with a line that's very Stanley because it's due to him that it's normal for New York to be destroyed by aliens all the time. And Peter Parker to have that interaction of him jumping out of the bus. Like I don't, there's not much else I can say. Like we have thief and we have the well adjusted bus driver who in the environment he belongs Okay. All right. I, I, I see the argument you got there. Um, in defense of his cameo in Black Panther, uh, this is where we see T'Challa win some money at, at some kind of gambling table. And then he just walks away before actually getting his money because he doesn't care. He's king. He's, he's loaded. He's got a ton of money. Uh, he was just playing for fun. And then Stan Lee just quickly jumps in. Well, if he's not going to take it. I guess someone has to. And it's going to be me, this guy who, I mean, as far as we know, doesn't need money, I guess. Um, we, or, or maybe he does. Maybe this this uh, fuels his uh, shenanigans <laughs> that I keep going back to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like that is a better him complimenting the scene. Because our heroes, in this case, did something, and Stan Lee reacted to it. He, he kind of, he had something to add to it, versus what we see in Infinity War. Uh, we've got some spaceships show up, and, and that's really just the cue for Spider-Man to sneak away from yet another field okay. trip. Okay, so, so I get it. Like, he, I'm just trying to get, get what you said right. He, he performed in that one. Right, like, or he had some kind of reaction. Yeah, it was it. It played a little bit more into what the characters were doing at the time, okay. versus in Infinity War, he was around. He he had a line, and 
if that was someone else just driving the bus, eh, it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have really changed things, right? Like it's uh, um, I don't know. I I feel bad because I never liked his cameo in Infinity War, which sucks because that's one of my favorite MCU films. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, see, so it's hard for me to even defend that at all. Like I just I just want to. Yeah. Well, I, feel bad. I mean, here's the thing. I. I get what you're saying, but I feel like in the Infinity War, when he is not just in the place where he belongs, but it's like a true connection to what all of us is there for, this this sense of our childhood coming to life. You know, and what better way to symbolize and to help us get into that by having it in the school bus with Peter Parker. You know, um, and in that sense... I don't know. It, it's there, there's a little bit more, I think, to that line. Is as a school bus driver, he's he's under the care of those students, right? And that tactic of just kind of like, hey, haven't you ever seen this before? Kind of playing it off to try to like ease the tension and them like not losing it on the school field trip. Um, is it the tactic I would have used? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. Um, but, but he's doing his job, right? So, so it's a clever way of him doing his job and having that nostalgia connection, you know, that, that we can tap into. Looks like Tony has something to say, Tony, you want to jump in? I, yes, I didn't want to, uh, ruin you guys' rhythm, but I'm just going to say, uh, this character that Stanley is playing, he reacts to what's around him. Uh, Black Panther Stanley reacts to uh, T'Challa walking away. He's an opportunist. I know about this character. This uh, Stanley in Infinity War is he delusional. Last time aliens came to New York, destroyed uh, half the city. He should be more c- proactive. So I think uh, something to think about as you're judging Ken is like one is uh, acting, one is just like eh, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Tony coming in with that last minute. <laughs> thought but the timer is up so ken what is your ruling here okay uh i like how jude just came out swinging i know you have a well-mannered bus driver or a thief he's he's, uh playing to my because i i used to teach ethics like for for our juniors and yeah I i don't know if he's um playing to that for all I know, in Black Panther, he was also a well-meaning gambler because he did say, I'm going to hold on to this for safekeeping. Maybe that's what he did. And maybe up to this day, still holding on to those tokens and still waiting. <laughs> still waiting for T'Challa to come back. <laughs> yeah, it's very honorable. <laughs> I think this was a casino set in Korea, mm-hmm, I think. Yes. It was in Korea. So I don't know if this is the first time we see Stanley making a cameo in a, in a foreign place. Of course, later on, he's going to go intergalactic. Um, so that's why I, I did like the Black Panther cameo. Um, Infinity War, I do also like the bus driver. He's like playing a kind of a stereotypical bus driver, the type that I've seen everything. Nothing phases me. These kids are just crazy, but eh. <laughs> like, so I'm going to give my point to Infinity War, mostly because 
I don't know, bus drivers lead a very fascinating life. <laughs> and I think Stanley played it. And I think it just sets the, the fact that he's a bus driver in New York. And I'm sure he's seen a lot of stuff. And that these things don't phase him anymore. Um, I feel like oh, there must be, must be a story there as well. So, Infinity War. Nice. <laughs> no, wait, Fantastic. Instead of making me kind of scroll through, you you are right in terms of like being in Korea versus anywhere else. I mean, well, I don't know if it was shot in Korea, right? But, but I mean, in terms of setting and stuff, I mean, like I think mm-hmm. the Guardians came out before. So if you want to say like off world, but in terms of like at mm-hmm. least like mm-hmm. that identifiable for somebody watching, and you're you know it's not in the U.S. and that was the first one. That was outside. It might be the only one. Um, no, the asylum was in England. Oh, you're the oh right, right, right. Okay. Oh, there you right. go. Asylum was in England because then isn't that where he was running around uh, Stonehenge, Selvik? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to defer to your MC Rewinds knowledge here. I know you guys go in release order here, so <laughs> this is your area of expertise. Yeah, but to be fair, like we covered uh, Thor The Dark World like four years ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that is going to finish the first round of our brackets here. We're moving into the second one, uh, which we had Avengers Age of Ultron win and move on to the bye week versus captain marvel now mc rewind you guys have the top one which means you're going to be voting or means you're going to be arguing for age of ultron we will be taking captain marvel jude it's my turn unless you feel really passionate about captain marvel man i'll, I'll go with the alternating alternate okay all right i'm going in mc rewind who's going in right. for this one i'm taking this one. Oh. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous by the excitement that you had to take this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, he did, he did the first one, so now he's already had some practice, too. Here we go. <laughs> Age of Ultron versus Captain Marvel. To I need to be better about remembering this. Age of Ultron is, of course, the drinking scene, the Excelsior. Uh, Captain Marvel is when Carol Danvers is trying to suss out the scroll and on the bus and runs into Stan Lee practicing his role for mall rats so five minutes on the clock starting now you know what i'm gonna go ahead and jump out ahead of this one of course we've talked about the age of ultron yes it's very admirable that stanley is able to go toe to toe with the mighty thor and captain america when it comes to drinking but the stanley that we see in captain marvel is one of ambition he is on that bus. There's a lot of action going around, but the most important thing to him in that moment is nailing the role for the Kevin Smith movie Mallrats. And he still includes the interaction with the main character of the movie, but it's a very brief and a very touching moment where she just pulls the script down. He looks at her and smiles and they have a genuinely sweet moment, uh, especially it was a touching moment knowing this is the first one after his passing, but it is a depiction of a man who is dedicated to his craft and practicing for a future role. So that is what I loved about the Captain Marvel cameo. Um, I do love the Captain Marvel cameo. Uh, growing up, I was a huge fan of Kevin Smith's movies. Uh, and that makes me question, 
who is that Stan Lee? Is he a watcher, like we are presuming the other cameos? Is this the real Stan Lee? Is the Stan Lee in our universe a watcher? There are too many questions. Let's just focus on what we know. My Stan Lee is a hero of the United States of America. He <laughs> he fought at Normandy Beach. <laughs> um, he's like, you know what? We love actors. We love celebrities. We both do podcasts about these actors and these people who bring these stories, but nothing can hold a candle to the veterans of the greatest generation. <laughs> I think I've... I, I really... At this point, I think I've said... Uh, talked enough about how amazing World War II veterans are, but also veterans of Asgard. Uh, they uh, for they made this alcohol based off of or from barrels from a ship thousands of years ago. Any human being who could do that and still be able to speak, walking notwithstanding, but definitely speaking in saying Excelsior afterwards. Really, you gotta give them props compared to someone, an actor, um, who's sitting on a bus. You know, is there really any comparison there? You know what? You're right. It again, the veteran aspect of this. It's very admirable. Uh, it is impressive that as he's able to go toe to toe. But judging between these two scenes, how admirable is it that the characters in this scene thor specifically knowing how dangerous it is for a mortal person to consume this very strong alcoholic drink giving it to someone like a veteran knowing that he could potentially not handle this liquor if we're going to go with what happens in captain marvel she is very respectful and saying you know what you've got stuff to do I'm going to let you continue to it. She didn't put him in danger whatsoever. I would argue that Thor knowingly put Stan Lee's World War II veteran in danger by allowing him to drink that drink because of pride. And he stood up to the challenge. (laughs) Looks like Al's coming in here with something to say. Well, I'm basically going to say what Tony just said. Like, uh, yes, Thor, a completely separate character we're not talking about, uh, (laughs) Potentially put someone into danger uh, with this this drink, uh, but after drinking, I have no idea how much he had. Uh, he was still able to drink all of that, and like Tony said, he could still say Excelsior, a four syllable word. If I were to drink <laughs> that much, I don't know if I could say that many syllables in a single word. Maybe if I'm like feeling really good and like practice, I could get to three syllables, but I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm Jude gonna just in. jump in real quick and just say, just off the mall rats thing, the 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 meta reference of a cameo referencing another cameo that I mean, it, for me and I think for many, it's probably the first cameo that they really kind of saw and acknowledged. Uh, not his first one, but necessarily like the one that was really like, oh, this is Stan Lee. And showing that that in touchness with the fans um, and that awareness, and while there wasn't a line exchange, his line recapturing that and the look they gave with each other, I think was enough of an exchange. All right, Jude, with that last argument, the timer has gone off. Ken, it is time for you to weigh in. Where I, are you leaning with this one? I must say, though, I did enjoy the the 
the Asgard veterans. <laughs> You're making it very hard to and, argue right. against our veterans. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, it works in politics. It's going to work here. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll start with the Captain Marvel one. Um, it checks all the, well, it checks all the marks. Yeah, he, there's interaction, and Stan Lee was reading from the script. Um, this is going to be on a more personal level. I've never seen Mallrats, so that, yeah, so that <laughs> that reference is like, I, I just sort of remember. I knew, I know he made a cameo in a Kevin Smith movie. I just never seen it. So, so there. But the smile he gave was, uh, it's a sweet smile. I mean, I, I did rewatch all these cameos before the podcast and seeing that smile and yeah, just realizing that he, he has passed on and yeah, it's just, it's just uh, sombering, but I'll have to go with the age of Ultron <laughs> again. Um, part of me is also, I'm also interested how much that the, <laughs> the veterans, um, it used to be World War II veterans. Now we're going to Asgardian veterans. I'm very curious how much this will be stretched out further um, in the next round. You know what? God willing, it will stretch out for two more rounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have six days off. I know what your what, what your homework for me is for the next six days. You can go watch the... Oh, I'm like Trey. I owe you a lot of movies. Um, Orphan Black? Mm, yeah. Ken, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> you and me in the corner have yeah. not watched these stuff. <laughs> Oh, but I've watched Avatar. Though. You have, really have to watch The Last Airbender. I it's have watched fantastic. that one. Okay, all right. So, Al, you need to watch The Last Airbender. Oh. I'm going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't. I mean, so, I, I well, that's okay. Trey, Trey asked me, he's like, have you seen the John Wick movies? I was like, I haven't seen any of them. He's like, oh, that's what this feels like. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I've got to say before we move on, guys, it was really hard arguing against Captain Marvel because, like you said earlier, Stan Lee, that Stan Lee cameo in Mar Rats mm-hmm. was the first time I knew what Stan Lee mm-hmm. looked like. So mm-hmm. it was yeah. really hard. That was my top pick. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was on mine, and then y'all already had it. So I was like, okay, so I got to find something else. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have mentioned. I mentioned you know, my background with these movies at the start. No, I think it's great. No. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Ken, it, look, as long as it's honesty hour here, I don't think I've seen Mallrats. Yeah. I just knew it was Kevin Smith. Oh, <laughs> I was BSing the whole uh, time. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, just oh, to jump in, man. I don't think I ever finished that movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like all three of us have homework. Wow. Do you, guys if you ask a team 14 year old. No, if, if you ask 14 year old Tony, D- Mallrats was his favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I, I, okay. That's... <laughs> In fear of upsetting Jude anymore, moving on. Uh, we're going to have Iron Man who has moved on from the first round into this one versus the incredible Hulk. Again, to refresh the memory, Iron Man is the Hugh Hefner uh, mishap, and the Incredible Hulk is the one where they are doing a montage of the spread of the radiated soda, and Stanley unfortunately drinks one in a humorous cutaway scene before he passes away. So, 
MC Rewind, you guys have the top with Iron Man is who you're going to be arguing for. Who among you is going to step into the ring? I guess I can go ahead and do that. Uh, this is this is the nice benefit of video, uh, or at least for us being on video, we can see each other. It doesn't look like Tony wants to do this one at all, so I'm in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jude. I'm in. going in for Incredible Hulk. I got this one. Okay, here we go. Five <laughs> minutes on the clock. Iron Man versus Incredible Hulk starting now. All right. Well, I will just go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, I will say that the Incredible Hulk one, just a bad cameo. Uh, Stan Lee dies. He never dies, right? Like, this is, what was that, like a variant of him? A clone? A, a triplet or sextuplet? I mean... It's it's just it's weird, right? It's it's a different thing. Um, it's like it's almost like they wanted to stop doing the Stanley cameos, and I'm glad that it failed in what everyone probably agrees is one of the the lowest rated uh, films in the MCU. It had some good moments, but uh, going to now say the pro things about uh, Stanley cameo, uh, it was really funny when. Uh, Tony Stark mistook him for Hugh Hefner in the the Iron Man film, and uh, I will think of some more to say. It's really hard because I was on the receiving end of this one last time, and now I have to defend it. So that's why I had to go with the attack, and I still I still need a few few. Well, go ahead and uh, think and think moments. about it. So go, go on. Yeah. Um, I, I was just going to say I don't believe he died i think there was this implication because he he had the the drink and he dropped it and within the mcu what the connection that i don't think people always put together is the reason why he was able to have the alcohol that thor presented him is he had a dose of that drink there and his his system was a little bit, you know, hulked out. Um, you know, he didn't realize it. Not everybody realized it. Um, you know, I mean, clearly the government and General Ross had some some idea there. But that was that was setting this up long ago. And I think that was the brilliance of that, of, you know, Feige and team of, like, realizing that, hey, down the line in this movie, we're going to have this scene when you're actually Thor. Um, and how do we explain that? Oh. And just such a nice thread that they're able to pull through, which means he has a connected story, right? And so he interacts with Bruce Banner, you know, at least biologically in a weird, unsanitary way. Um, But it's okay because he's Stan Lee and able to, on the other side, you know, drink with Thor. All right. Well, I'm going to break in here for a little bit. (laughs) Um, he in he over thousands of miles interacted with a hero in Incredible Hulk, where he physically was in the same space in Iron Man as a hero. Also, he interacted with Edward Norton's Hulk. That almost doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually kind of hoping that wasn't brought up. Um. <laughs> well, if we're being fair here. It is the radiated blood who is the Hulk part of this duo. So the Hulk remains. Edward Norton's gone. 
Well, that brings up an interesting point because I feel like the Hulk is part of like the uh, was it like the defense mechanism that uh, arose over uh, Bruce Banner to keep him alive. Like we have that argument in the Avengers: what's he keeping alive for? We find out in Endgame what what he was made for. The uh, um, infection is in the blood, not the Hulk. <sighs> Would it not be fair to say Hulk's blood is the one who is able to withstand it? Look, I, I, I think I think we're getting a little away from the point that if it wasn't for this cameo where he does ingest the blood, Age of Ultron, he would not have had the power to make it go three rounds. Right. So if it wasn't for this, you know, Age of Ultron couldn't have happened and... And, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have survived. <laughs> okay. So since we're a little low on time, I, I will, I do need to give one more pro column uh, argument for the Iron Man cameo. Um, in an interview in 2008, Stan Lee said that that was his favorite cameo that he had, had done in uh, Marvel films or his favorite cameo appearance to that date. To be fair, that was the, he said that the same year the movie came out, but he still said it. It was his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> all right al coming in with that last minute argument i didn't know that that's really cool yeah wikipedia is full of a lot of these facts uh, if you scroll <laughs> through his list mm-hmm. apparently he keeps changing it <laughs> oh man oh. that's amazing uh ken <laughs> what are your thoughts here <laughs> All right. Um, based on my own criterias, um, yeah, in Iron Man, he did interact with Tony Stark. Um, he didn't say anything, though, but neither did he say anything in the Incredible Hulk cameo, right? I think he just drank something, and then you see he drops a ball, and his eyes turn green. Um, as much as I like his first cameo appearance in the MCU in Iron Man, I'll have to give this to the Incredible Hulk cameo. There's just something cool about imagining a Stanley Hulk just roaming around. <laughs> uh, and I know this is not in the movie, but there was an episode of The Simpsons where Stanley played himself. And there was a scene where, I gosh, I can't remember. Someone was trying to rage out and he was there on the side and he said, you know, something to something like that's not the Hulk. This is the Hulk. And he starts ripping his clothes and he's trying to turn into the Hulk, but he, he can't. And the comic book guy was there saying, Oh, they're there. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> so I don't know if it, it, for me, it like ties in to that other universe, other universe uh, of cameo appearances. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it to the Hulk and, I do like Jude's point, like, yeah, this leads up to eventually being able to withstand uh, the uh, the Asgardian drink later on. Yeah, I got to say, that's been my favorite part of this, is that we feel, I feel like we're (laughs) weaving a new canon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'll be honest, I did not expect Incredible Hulk to take that one. I'll be honest, too. All the blood talk made me like it a lot less. <laughs> and if I could do it again, I would not <laughs> <have another one. laughs> 
I do remember when I saw that scene. It's like, oh my god, there are two Hulks now. <laughs> so that's that's my immediate reaction. And of course, all the other people who drank that that drink. <laughs> well, see that again, another one of those seeds. That's where you know the the Planet Hulk big battle of Hulks is going to happen. We're going to call back to there, bring back Ed Norton, Eric Bana. Yeah, Eric Bana. <laughs> no way, Hulk. Uh, Lou Ferrigno. That get all fun. the Hulks now. Okay, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving along, we are going to our next matchup, which is Winter Soldier versus the Avengers. Now, we've talked about the Winter Soldier one, which is the Stanley losing his job to Captain America stealing his costume back, whereas the Avengers, who's appearing for the first time tonight, is the one where they have that montage of all the civilians reacting to the superheroes being very prominently out in the open. Stan Lee leans over and says, I have it written down here specifically unless somebody else has it. Oh, quote, superheroes in New York, give me a break. So, MCU Rewind, you guys are going to be taking on the defense of Winter Soldier. We'll be taking on the Avengers. Who among you is going first? I'll take this one. Jude? Unless you, you really want to do it, Al. No, no, I'm, okay. I'm good. You, you can take it. You got it. You got it. I believe I, in you. Jude, Thanks, buddy. do you feel passionate about the Avengers, or would you want me to go? Go ahead. All right, I'm going in. So, Winter Soldier versus the Avengers, five minutes on the clock, starting now. First of all, salute our civil servants, a guard at the Smithsonian. Something to, <laughs> to respect. These are America's treasures. Yes, he has one slight slip-up. But who knows? He might still have a job later. Um, also, is the Avengers uh, um, uh, uh, Stanley just like really unobservant? Did he not notice any of the alien stuff happening when he was in New York? I don't know. That's that's up to trade um, to defend. <laughs> All right, I get it. You're right. You know, civil servant. This guy is very prestigious. Uh, he deserves all the sympathy in the world. And really, we have been illustrating how many of these cameos have lent towards a sympathetic feeling for Stan Lee. Loses his truck, loses his job, mm-hmm. dies True. to radio radioactive soda. How can we fault him here in the Avengers? Superheroes, give me a break. It's not that he doubts it. He just doesn't care about them anymore. Look how much they've ruined his life up to this point. So going back towards that sympathetic angle, once again, this is a tired and beaten Stan Lee, and he just wants to enjoy his day in the park. And so that's why I feel like in this tapestry that we have been weaving throughout the night, that is what makes this a special cameo. We should really feel very empathetic or sympathetic towards Stan Lee here. Cause that is, that is a man crying for help. I do feel sympathetic to the Stan Lee, Stan Lee who got his car destroyed, Stan Lee who's recovering from gamma radiation poisoning, going to a vacation from his Smithsonian job in New York, then possibly uh, losing his job. But this moment where his, um, his, uh, what he's guarding has been stolen. We know, or we could presume, that this World War II vet uh, was approached by Steve Rogers after the fact, and to apologize, hey, invite some of your veteran buddies 
to our party. We, this is a, an integral moment in uh, um, our Stan Lee universe that we are composing, where, <laughs> yes, the New York uh, is a side um, thing, but it's like, he just took a little vacation, he's bitter about heroes, he hasn't, like, gotten the positive feelings yet, and I get that, I would be bitter too, but this uh, cameo is our gateway into him being welcomed into the world of superheroes, and I feel like that's very important. The the Winter Soldier is the one where he's being welcome because of him leading into Age no, of Ultron. I feel like um, after Cap steals the uh, um, suit back, he because we kind of presumed that Cap, being a good person, would go and apologize afterwards. So Cap probably invited him to the party in Age of Ultron to make up for that. Okay, all right. I just wanted to make sure that I was clear here. Um, you know, there's a very compelling argument, um, but what does it say, knowing what we know, that this Stan Lee mm-hmm. is the creator of a lot of these stories in the real world? What does it say yes. that he, within this universe, is fed up with his creations? Yes, Steve Rogers may have been the nice guy and invited him to the party, but Look how bad he's been mistreated. And as I'm arguing this, I don't have a point anymore. On the <laughs> well, no, well, well, I mean, but the part you're missing on that is that, <clears throat> excuse me, is that these aren't his original creations. Since the MCU was modeled after um, the, the Ultimate universe, the universe, right? Um, and so it's more of like, these aren't superheroes. Like these aren't my things. I, I think he's more lamenting, you know, um, those characters that, that was true to his heart and not what somebody took and did with them. Well, this might be an allegory for someone who's been in the comics business for so many years. He started in the 30s, he fell in love with comics, he maybe fell out of love with comics, and then now he's back on top. This is him re-falling back into love with the world of superheroes. As him, uh, the last straw being the uh, Winter Soldier cameo, but then going back into Age of Ultron, him falling back in love with the hero universe. All right, Tony had the closing arguments there. I'm not sure. I'm not gonna Ken, lie, I doubled down on the. I was just saying, I'm not sure Ken really understood what he was agreeing to when I asked him. <laughs> at, at this point, you're all building this whole universe. I'm trying to keep track. Oh, yeah, this camera prince leads to that one. So it's getting hard to keep track of things. And now there's comic books. We'll, we'll get you the flow chart later. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> This this just popped into my head. You should both your podcast should do it like a Stanley universe. <laughs> I need to know a rewind. <laughs> like as an April Fool's it's everything Stanley beyond MCU, like do all his cameos everywhere. Just find a super good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Stanley right. you uh, need to know. And then you'll have to rewind to get everything we said comprehensible. Yeah. <laughs> And you have to stitch it all together so that every camera prince leads to the next one. And I was thinking, like, maybe in the Avengers, you know, if this was the Stanley who's so skeptical and so maybe not observant, maybe this becomes the bus driver 
later on in Infinity mm-hmm. War was like, ah, it's whatever. So what are your uh, your final verdicts here, Ken? Right. So both have speaking lines, but both also do not directly interact with any of the heroes. I do appreciate Stanley the skeptic because of that bit of irony. Like you're the creator and like you're also sort of disowning the reality of these heroes. Um, but I also do like the sympathetic nature of a night guard. <laughs> and I would have to give the point back to the Winter Soldier. Because, yeah, it's just a guy doing his job. And in my head, I do want to imagine that, yeah, Captain America does come back and here's my <laughs> uh, stolen uniform. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That, that was, you played to my Captain America love in, in picturing him coming back <laughs> to that. Right. You <laughs> know he did it. <laughs> Why am I arguing that they're terrible people? <laughs> oh, of, and of all the people that claim is a terrible person, Steve Rogers is the wrong one to claim. <laughs> I know. Right. All right. Moving on. We're in the last matchup in round two. We have Infinity War versus Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Infinity War, we've talked about it before. This is the one where he's on the bus and he is trying to calm the kids down by saying, what, you've never seen a spaceship before? And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is him speaking to the Watchers, giving us our first clue that all these appearances are actually connected. And it continues again into the post-credit scene of the movie where he is abandoned. So MCU Rewind, you guys are going to be taking Infinity War. We're going to be taking Guardians Volume 2. Who among you two is going to be speaking for Infinity War? Well, I'm okay doing it unless, Tony, you explicitly want to. Nope, I'm good. All right, then that'll be me. Al's jumping in. Jude, do you feel passionate about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? I'll take it. Um, You know, go for it. I mean, unless you just got something cooking in your mind, you're ready to. Not yet. We'll go with you. All right. All right. Infinity War versus Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Five minutes on the clock starting now. All right. So this is the moment where I regret that 20 minutes ago, I said that this is one of my least favorites. So (laughs) whoops. Um, Anyway, I think that that the Infinity War cameo is a really good one because because it's, it's, a portrayal of a person who lives in this world. He lives in a comic book world of things that just happen, right? You've got the crazy stuff of aliens showing up. Uh, I mean, all the other crazy stuff that we see Stan Lee do, but in this specific point, it's, it's just a person who lives in this world. And then you've got all these kids who are like, Whoa, this is cool. Aliens, right? We were so young the last time they invaded and destroyed everything. So we don't, we're not really that scared of it versus all of the adults who are freaking out. And here you have one guy who's like, eh, it's, it's all right. I'm, I've lived in New York. I've seen everything, including alien spaceships. And trust me, kids, it doesn't matter. Um, Hey, did someone just go out of a window? No. Okay, cool. We all agree. We didn't see anyone just sneak out of the window. Cool. I'm going to keep driving away from these spaceships. And that's essentially the scene. (laughs) A totally new look on the bus driver aspect of it and taking care of the kids. You <laughs> just lost me out of the window. Um, okay, so here's my thing on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, I can't speak. Guardians 2. It's 
what was really cool about this scene is you have the interaction, right, with characters, right? And it's, I get it, which with other watchers, but it extends as he is talking about all his other cameos, but it's also specifically the Fox Universe cameos. And he pulls us into it as James Gunn kind of borrowing these fan ideas of like, hey, Stan Lee's the Watcher. And so it really establishes that like he is a character of the MCU, but he's also the real Stan Lee. So it's like one of us getting to actually be in the MCU. And isn't that what we always watch anyways? You know, like to be a part of that world. And through Stan in this one, we get to do that. He's one of us. Yeah, I agree. But one of the problems that I always had with the Guardians Volume 2 cameo was that it just gave too many questions, right? Is is he always, is every single instance of him in the MCU, is he always uh, playing this character? Is he a Watcher? Does he just work for the Watchers? I, To be honest, I don't really know the Watchers too well from the comics, so I don't really know how they work. I just, I thought they always looked similar with, with the bigger heads, and he does not look like them at all, especially to the people he's talking to in that scene. Uh, and so because of that, I just always assume that maybe he's not a watcher. He's like employed by them or, or something, or did they capture him? They're like, Hey, you're a weird guy. You just keep showing up in places. See, even Tell better us about yourself. More right? so one of us. <laughs> right. But again, as the audience, we don't know. And we'll never know. Right. What, what is he? What, what are some more of these details? All we get is a one-off joke, which is cool. It's fun in the moment, but it leads to way too many questions. And if he is a watcher or working for the watchers, isn't the whole point of a watcher is to watch, not interact? Where if this kind of ruins Stan Lee, the whole thing, because he's interacting with our heroes when he's specifically going against the watcher's uh, prime directive, so to speak. Well, no, just so I feel like it weakens the MCU Stan Lee cameos as a whole, just that one cameo. It's so I detrimental. notice in that scene, staying true to that universe, as he talks to the Watchers, they abandon him. They leave him. And so he shouldn't have broke the rule. I mean, who among us so would deny the chance to get to meet Stan Lee? The Watchers were a part of that group as well. They just wanted to talk to the guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if my argument there helped me. <laughs> I guess, I guess, you know, just trying to headcanon some of this, I guess it would make sense that if they fire him from working for the watchers, that explains why, you know, later on when we see him in black Panther, he has to take that money from, from T'Challa, that T'Challa just left the table. <laughs> So now he, he needs a real job. <laughs> His real job is stealing money from people at a casino, which is not a real job, but I guess he doesn't know what a real one is. <laughs> Hashtag hustler life. <laughs> All right, Ken, uh, coming in with your thoughts. Where are you leading with this oh, one? Oh, wow. Uh, I like Stanley, the bus driver, because it is very grounded, very realistic. And this whole backstory that we've created for him, um, it, it, it sort of starts adding up. 
But I do like the notion of Stanley as the watcher in as much as, yes, it raises more questions. It does also fill in some gaps of, oh, yeah, he's 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 he's, he's, he's sort of a celestial or, yes, he's not dressed like them. Maybe he's a celestial in training and he has not gotten his robes or I don't know. Uh, but the notion that he is otherworldly for me actually answers more answers more questions of why he appears in all these movies and uh maybe on a personal level even if i don't see him in any more mcu movies at least sort of the idea that well he might still be watching and still be peering down um so i'm gonna give my vote to guardians volume two um there's one thing i didn't like though the way Stanley was speaking in this role, he sounds a lot like Morty from Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, very like, oh gosh, oh darn, oh shucks. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. he fit in with this phase, this current phase, is what you're saying. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> well, that is going to conclude the second round. We're going to be moving into the semifinals. We're going to have Avengers: Age of Ultron versus Incredible Hulk. Once again, MC Rewind will be taking Age of Ultron. We will be taking The Incredible Hulk. Uh, MC Rewind, is, are you going in, Tony? Y- do you even have to ask? <laughs> <laughs> it's also my turn. Am I going in, Jude? Uh, yeah, let, let's, let's see you argue for the blood. I want to... Well, you know what? When this, when this happened and these two, especially because me trying to link them i I, this is i'm not sure (laughs) all right here we go age of ultron versus the incredible hulk five minutes on the clock starting now look i'm gonna go ahead and jump out here we have seen age of ultron power their way through from the beginning all the way to this moment and you've made great arguments tony about the veteran the world war ii hero uh, how it shows him standing up to the challenge of the Asgardian liquor. But if we are to believe the tapestry that we've been weaving tonight, I foolheartedly agree Jude laid the groundwork. If not for Incredible Hulk, we would not see him have the stamina in liquid form if he didn't drink that radiated soda. So that's why I would vote for this one. Uh, it is a man in training. It's his character arc from the beginning of the MCU towards this point in Age of Ultron, where you really see him put in the work. And more importantly, I mean, sticking with the criterias, it is part of the scene without being taken away from anything. Like, it feels natural to me. And it's, it's, it's the ball that gets rolling for all the Stanley cameos, in my opinion. All right. My argument for this one is threefold. <laughs> Firstly, <laughs> the lines speaking. Uh, his one line in Incredible Hulk is wow. And then presumably he passes out. Where in uh, um, Age of Ultron, he has a whole conversation and then we get a cut. And then him moments later, we get almost two scenes with two lines where he's talking about Omaha Beach not being for mortal men versus... Uh, um, uh, versus whatever he's about to drink. Secondly, 
Stan Lee is a hero. He is standing up to Thor. Thor does not believe he could handle the drink. And he stands up to Thor and says, yes, I am worthy of your Asgardian liquor. I can stand up. I can survive this. And my third and most important argument, veterans. I see the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that, that, that argument's the kicker there. Uh, <laughs> you know, we talk about worthiness. Mm-hmm. And how he was there with Thor. If we are still on this track that he was able to withstand the radiated blood, you talked about how Bruce Banner was able to to withstand that radiation all the way to the revelation of his purpose in Endgame. He was made for this. This specifically being snapping with the infinity stones if we are to believe that this is the same path that stan lee is on minus the whole raging green monster but still withstanding the radiation i would argue there is pretty good proof that stan lee could also snap with the gauntlet maybe not have the same outcome that hulk did but if the radiation within hulk made him for the snap i think stan lee is right there with him you're right. This is also him being infused with Asgardian, uh, uh, was it uh, spirits, so to speak. He would also. This is another step on him being able to snap, use the Infinity Gauntlet. Also, earlier you mentioned that it was the start of his character arc, drink, uh, drinking the gamma radiated blood. When do we cheer most in heroes? Um, in uh, hero movies is when they reach their pinnacle of success, when they're able to join the other heroes, stand toe-to-toe with them. And here, this moment, at this party, he is able to stand toe-to-toe with, at the moment, because this is before the uh, um, introduction of Black Widow, or Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, I mean, the strongest hero we know of at this moment. So he is able to stand amongst the strongest of them. I do agree with you. He is able to use Infinity Gauntlet, but not just because of the irradiated blood, also because of this Asgardian liquor. So, Tony, how how is he f- infused with the with the liquor specifically? Like, uh, what he, did I well, he he consumed it in the same way he consumed the blood. If we have to agree that he <laughs> has the powers of the Hulk, at least a sliver of it, because of um, the soda he drank, he also has a slipper sliver of Asgardian power. Who else drank that liquor? Captain America. Who else can wield Mjolnir? Captain America. I rest my case. Al, don't argue against our team. (laughs) I'm here to win, damn it. Tony, in the most respectful way, I hate you. (laughs) And I feel that. And I appreciate it. (laughs) That was so good. Oh, man. All right, Ken. How are you feeling about this one? I feel like a lot of the arguments have been said. <laughs> so I'm just going to, and this is not using any of my Stanley criteria, but let's say in both cases that after Stanley drank the Asgardian wine or after he drinks the bottle, he sadly dies. Let's say he, he passes away. Would I want to f- 
end my life drinking a regular soda or at least drinking, you know, as guardian spirits, uh, I'd have to give it to age of Ultron for this. Uh, cause yeah, I'd want to try that. If there's anything that the incredible Hulk cameo showed me is that yeah. Quality control. <laughs> um, for certain imported drinks, has you know we have to watch out for that. That's why Civil War happened, so, yeah. right? Well, <laughs> 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 All right, so, yeah. There you have it, Age of Ultron from the beginning. Now waiting at the end to find out who it's going to go up against. The last semifinal round. Winter Soldier versus Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, MC Rewind, you guys are going to be defending Winter Soldier. Who among you is going to advocate for it? Uh, Well, uh, I think I should take this one, considering Tony will probably take for the finals uh, Avengers Age of Ultron (laughs) yet again. And I have not won a single one of these, so this (laughs) is my last chance, so I need to take it. (laughs) I will say, Al... You have gotten really screwed over with the randomized this entire time, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It I made Infinity War lose because, like I said, I don't really care for that one. So, you know, I mean, I tried, I gave it my all. My all just isn't that much. <laughs> you have the quote of the night for me. I regret saying I hated this one 20 minutes ago. <laughs> all right, Jude, are you going in for Guardians Volume 2? Uh, I, w- I will say this. Uh, same thing. What do you think, Trey? Do you feel looking at that, thinking ahead to I've, the final? I've yet to topple Tony. I think when it comes to Age of Ultron. So, do, how are you feeling about him in the final match? Or Thanos? Uh, <laughs> man, that's going to be tough. Either, either draw. Okay, do you have anything solid you think you want to run with on these two? Oh, not these two, but Guardians? I'm not a big fan what, of the what? Guardians cameo. What? Oh, you're not? Okay, because I say I defended oh, the Guardians last time. So I'll take it. All right, here we go. Five minutes on the clock. Winter Soldier versus Guardians Volume 2 starting now. All right, so uh, Winter Soldier, you know, we've, we've talked about this one. This is the third time we're talking about this one. Uh, and... I don't have much else to say. Uh, it is cool that Stan Lee has a job again. Um, <laughs> you know, after everything else that has happened to him, and he's about to lose his job in a few movies, right? Because in a couple movies is when Guardians Volume Two happens. Although that that movie came out later, but it, time-wise, it's it's earlier. So he already lost his job as as one of the Watchers. So this is him first trying to to get uh, some money, I guess, right? And I don't think he loses his job, I, I want to say. I'm pretty sure that at some point, someone looks at the video camera and realize, oh, uh, Captain America just walked in and took it. Like, he didn't sneak around or anything. Um, the security on that just was never turned on. Like, it was installed, and no one hit the button to actually secure it. So it's not his fault, or it's not Stan Lee's fault in this instance. So I think we've, we've been saying something wrong this entire time that he is going to get fired. He probably thought he was going to get fired in that moment, but I don't think he was. Hmm. And so as a result, I think uh, 
because he got to keep his job for someone else's mistake, something, something good about this cameo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So I don't know if we can conclude just going off of the timeline you gave that he actually lost his job with the watchers, despite me saying that he did, you know, in the last round. Um, and mainly because for him to be able to get back to right in timeline, um, winter soldier work at the Smithsonian and lose all these other jobs. They had to realize the value of Stan Lee. And that was just a moment of frustration when they walked away. Um, and so there was an, an incredible amount of self-control on the watcher's part to like, not break their rules of interacting by just walking away, giving themselves a minute and they came back. And so they didn't really fire Stanley from being a watcher and they actually sent him back. Um, and, and the reason why we know that it's the same one is because he's clearly not good at his jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he broke the rules here. He got sent back here, um, you know, and, and failed at protecting Smithsonian's, you know, the U.S.'s, greatest treasures um, in, in our national museums and what more treasure could there be than Captain America's original costume, outfit, get up thing, uh, combat fatigues, or whatever he's wearing and he doesn't do it well, right? And he continues on. So so I, th- I think that him being you know a failure at his job this one establishes that. So you're saying that in the winter soldier, it establishes kind of something that we continuously see about him throughout other films. And, Gar- this is an and establishing guardians, moment. guardians, oh, it's too, guardians. just kind of that oh. haphazard, not being able to uh, do the job right, you know, by trying to interact. And, and so it, it it's really, when you start putting that together, it's rounding out and fleshing out that character over a course of time. Okay. So as a, so you're saying that in guardians too, they established that he is bad at the job of being a watcher because if he was a good watcher, he would have noticed Captain America trying to steal the costume. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was there thinking he was definitely going to be fired from being a watcher. <laughs> Not necessarily being fired from being a security guard. <laughs> well, I don't think he lost his job as a watcher because he continued having these other cameos. Right. But, but clearly his job there as a Smithsonian guard, he lost that job. And we know it's the same one. And he plays that same kind of the. Uh, that, that unawareness that he has from one to the next. So we're stringing together the same character. <laughs> and the clock ends. <laughs> and we all stare pensively at each other for the dead air that Jay cannot edit out. <laughs> I know, right? I, 
Jude, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, Ken, sorry. <laughs> this is what you say before. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think this one may have gotten a little away from us. <laughs> Ken's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm glad I can do I'm, this. Going I'm like trying to keep off. notes as well. And I'm trying to pinpoint what, what like the closing arguments or what, what's the concluding point. Um, all I have is Winter Soldier keeps his job, Guardians <laughs> to failure with his job. Either I'm a bad note taker or uh, I'm not following. Uh, gosh. I, th- I think those it's- are great notes. Uh, good summations of our arguments. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it is a good summation of those arguments. It's it, it's okay. I mean, to be fair, we are like we're making up a lot of stuff. We're, we're bringing in a lot of right. headcanon here. Like, mm-hmm. at, at, we're like one more argument away from just saying that uh, Stan Lee got fired from being a watcher and then he really wanted to keep doing the job. So he like went into a closet and found some machine that he uses to travel through time and space. At some point in the future, he's going to have some kind of companion and um, then he'll regenerate to like some other <laughs> character who will keep getting cameos in the MCU. Al, stop stealing my argument for the next round. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the exception of the Age of Ultron cameo, it seems like Stanley has not been treated well throughout <laughs> throughout all these he movies. Has, he he, he should have become like some sort of final boss, like the ultimate villain at the very end against all these heroes. Okay, so so if if Stanley was still alive, and I realize we got another, you got to vote on the other thing. Should he have been the voice of Kevin in She-Hulk? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yes. Yes. And they shouldn't call it Kevin. It should be... Stan. Stan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, for this bracket, I did enjoy the Guardians cameo because it's cool to see Stanley in space. Um, it's bittersweet that they just abandoned him and said, oh, that's not right. These... <laughs> um, but the Winter Soldier is grounded. He it seems like he's trying to do honest work. Um, whether he loses his job or keeps his job, um, yeah, I'll I'm gonna give it to Winter Soldier because uh, <laughs> it's well, it's also humorous. It's funny. So well, both of it is funny, but the other one is kind of more bittersweet that they just sort of left him in space or on the moon. So. Winter Soldier, it is. All right. That's going to bring us to our final, which is Age of Ultron versus Winter Soldier. Now, I also have been keeping a tally here of who won per bracket between teams. (laughs) We are tied at five and five, if my counting has been correct. So we have come down to the decision maker here. Ken, were you keeping tabs as well? No, I wasn't. Oh, I yeah. just have so, my notes for each round. I don't keep track of like whose um, list this is or from whose list these movies are coming from. So, yeah. Okay. So, well, not not the we... list, but the but the bracket, right? Who wins for brackets? I'll double check once this is over. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm we're at five well, and five right now, and I'm noticing like the the top for defending the top part of the bracket has got. Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron got to the end mm-hmm. through the top part. Yep. Oh. All right. I think I know who's going in. Tony, you're coming in yep. for Age of Ultron. Jude, 
I guess I'm going in for Winter Soldier. Hey, alternating's been working for us. All right. Here we go. Five minutes on the clock, starting now. So we have constructed a timeline of Stan Lee as one continuous character. So we could presume that this is all possibly leading to him becoming a Watcher, the highest role we saw him in. So let's look at his uh, resume. He was a World War II general. He was also a World War II veteran. He worked for the UPS. He was a night watchman. Um, He was a bartender in Ant-Man. He was Hugh Hefner somehow. But the greatest thing this man has ever done to get the attention of the Watchers is to stand up to a god. Say, yes, I am worthy uh, to drink with you. To um, exclaim Excelsior in a moment of triumph after surviving this incredible drink. Where we, as I've said before, we cheer when our heroes reach their highest echelon. And this is, Age of Ultron is Stan Lee's endgame. Yes, we see him afterwards, like we see the Hulk afterwards, like we see the Thor afterwards. But this is his highest moment in the entirety of the MCU. Where... Winter Soldier is um, the equivalent to Thor getting knocked out of the Bifrost. It's the equivalent of Cap going into the ice. Yes, it's formative, but it's not what we're there for. We're there for the cheering moments. And that's what Age of Ultron is for Stan Lee. This uber Stan Lee we have created in the over the course of these last two hours. So, if I'm hearing what you're saying the equivalent of Stan Lee in Winter Soldier is Steve going down on the ice, Thor getting knocked off the Bifrost, these humbling moments, these moments that are identified by potential. Like These are the moments where they go into the deepest part of their story to rise again to be stronger people. I would argue, you're right, that is the pinnacle of what where he's at to be able to go toe to toe with the Asgardians to be accepted by the Watchers. But you don't just get gifted that success. You have to go through the trials by fire. Him losing that suit because of his negligence was that trial by fire. He became a better person and eventually put him on that road towards that pathway. So, yes, you're right. It is like him going down into the the ice with Steve or getting knocked off. But to me, that is where potential is born is when they're at their lowest points. So that's where I find that Stan Lee cameo at is full of potential. Yes, it is a very low point. I would not say it's his lowest point though. It's a very low point. His lowest point is when he looks into a God's eyes and the God says no. And he says, yes, I can handle this liquor. <laughs> and he, much like uh, um, after uh, Cap picks up uh, the hammer in Endgame, Stan Lee picks up the uh, drink, and he takes it, and you know what? Cap is wounded after he goes toe-to-toe with Thanos, but he's still standing, much like Stan Lee in the Age of Ultron is wounded, but he is still there to proclaim Excelsior. Ooh. Literally not standing, though. If it was not he's, for he's, the help uh, of his compatriots, he would not he's be He's conscious. Standing. He he's was conscious. a few drinks away from weekend at burning that whole party. 
But he survived. Is consciousness the bare minimum that we want to put for forward here? If this is the height of his power and the best you're comparing it to is that, oh, he was just conscious? Yes. Like, that doesn't seem like it's a worthy moment. 85-year-old mortal drink, drinking a thousand-year-old liquor and he's there to tell the tale afterwards? Yeah, that that is something the... I don't remember hearing a tell. All I remember hearing is Excelsior. That means he's he still alive. Kind of... <laughs> he will be there to tell the tale to the Watchers, who obviously he's applying for this job over the course of, <laughs> I don't know, 13, 14 movies, whatever. However <laughs> movies there are up to that moment. There are 11 movies. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, also interacting uh, with other heroes, having more than one line, and I cannot say this enough: veterans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've heard your uh, your veterans' defense a lot throughout the evening. <laughs> oh man, there you have it, <sighs> Tony. Al, this has been an absolute delight. <laughs> Here we are at the end. Ken, what are your thoughts? I'm just going to throw all my criteria away. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go with... Uh, so, my notes. Age of Ultron, cheering moment, Winter Soldier, low point, and then you rise. And both parts are definitely very important in any movie, character development for sure. So I'm going to just rely on what I prefer when I watch movies. I always go in for the cheerful moments. I go for the victory. The low points are important, I know. But if I'm rewatching um, the Far From Home, No Way Home. Well, which one is the Spider-Man? Age of Ultron? The third one? No, the, the Spider-Man. Oh, um, no Way Home. No Way Home. Do I rewatch when Aunt May... Oh, spoiler alert, and when he passes away, or do I watch the scene where all three come together? So <laughs> I watch the scenes where they come together. It's cheer, it's cheery, it's the part where, yeah, you'd be. It's, it's a good point. You're just ecstatic in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just going to default to that, not using any criteria at all. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to Age of Ultron nice. for best Stanley cameo. <laughs> nice. Nice. There you have it. That vote puts not only MC Rewind's choice to the end, but puts them ahead in the rounds one for the entire bracket. So congratulations, guys. Nice. Congratulations, guys. Was... Thank you. Don't challenge a dungeon master to a BSing competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learned. <laughs> it's amazing how you're able to sustain it. All throughout, well, there's always something new. What I thought was interesting is immediately I knew Trey was going to go with, oh, the belly of the beast, the story starting. Mm-hmm. Like this is, I knew exactly that Trey was going to mm. do that. Oh man! Again, I, I I can't apologize enough of how much the randomization just kept <laughs> flip flopping you throughout the entirety of this uh, bracket. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not that great at this, so. Um, this way I can blame something other than myself. In addition to that. <laughs> it was Wikipedia's fault. <laughs> yes. Right? Yep. Oh, man. 
Well, were there any surprises along the way that uh, that won out where you guys thought it was going to go the other way? Looking back on the bracket. Let's see. Unfortunately, I closed the tab. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, for me, I think there was a moment like in round two where I knew Age of Ultron's taking this one all the way to the end. Like it just had so much momentum behind it that mm-hmm. like, yeah, th- it was it was interesting. So throughout your guys' other arguments, when I wasn't participating, I have a post-it note. I was taking notes for my arguments. I was prepared <laughs> to go up against um, uh, Guardians 2 for the last round. And I'm surprised Winter Soldier made it that far, as much as that's my favorite MCU movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I really expected Captain Marvel to go further, um, especially having the buy. Um, mm-hmm. But yes. at the same time, once we had that matchup and we came back to it, that was that was tough. Yeah, I I actually was expecting Guardians Volume Two to make it like all the way to the end. Just it seemed like there was a lot more that we could argue for it in, in its case compared to, you know, some other things, but it's really interesting looking at the bracket. Now that we see the end of like what's highlighted, um, both of the, the final two age of Ultra and winter soldier, they were both ones that we started in the very first round talking mm-hmm. for. Yeah. yeah. They came all the way from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and again, like I said, I would have thought that that head start for captain Marvel would have been helpful. Uh, and the last one, Incredible Hulk. I'm surprised it went as far as it did. You're surprised that it won one time. <laughs> yeah, actually, like because yes. because you get that where you get the bye week, and so that's kind of that gift where you get through the first one, right? Um, mm-hmm. And because Incredible Hulk is so, like the link we even provided on the notes of like here's mm-hmm. scroll through on marvel.com as I'm scrolling through, I don't even think they include incredible Hulk. <laughs> no, which is, which is weird. They include Endgame, or not Endgame. I'm sorry. Uh, Spider-Man homecoming on that list, which yeah. I would think it's like, mm. well, it's not Marvel studios, but no, they, it's so weird that they didn't put Hulk in there. Yeah. And so, and so like, I'm looking at that as like, man, if I can't even make the marvel.com website, what chance does this have here? So, so and clearly, again, having the buy was a boost, but mm. but yeah, I'm just impressed on this Stan Lee character arc that we uh, together as a team made <laughs> created. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's the next what if series. Mm-hmm. Just following Stan Lee through his arc of all the movies. So Ken, I, I'm pretty curious. You being our judge here tonight, what was your favorite going in? And was it different that came out based on all the ludicrous arguments we were making tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, going in, to be honest, my favorite Stanley cameo is Tony Stank. <laughs> the delivery is not on the list. So, yeah. okay, I'll go with uh, with what, what everyone else has. I actually did like the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, cameo. Uh mm-hmm. Because again, it does explain a lot of things. But as we were developing this whole <laughs> timeline, I was sort of swayed by, oh yeah, does that mean that he didn't do so well? Is that why <laughs> he was sort of abandoned? Oh no, that's not that's not a Stanley I want to remember. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
And I guess Tony just reinforcing the fact that yeah, standing toe to toe, like oh, I like, I I do like that yeah. image. <laughs> so yeah, because yeah. he's a veteran. It's fun. It's, it's interesting uh, the arguments and how they just developed and a lot of callbacks. So definitely, if you were a student, you better be listening from the very beginning because there's a lot of stuff uh, towards the end that will mm-hmm. use those information. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, now that you mention it, I'm. Surprise! None of us put the Civil War one up there. Yeah, I was I was surprised that one didn't make it. That one in the Ragnarok one. Yeah, the Ragnarok mm-hmm. one was one of the two alternatives. The other alternative one I wanted to put mm-hmm. in, uh, I messaged you guys on Twitter about it, and it was shot down. Was the one from Agents of Shield? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Which one is that one specifically? He so there. Um, it's the last episode before the Winter Soldier twist that completely changes Agent of Shield in season one. So they're all doing a mission on the train tracks, and the characters Simmons and Coulson are like pretending to be like father and daughter and having an argument uh, mm-hmm. as a cover. And Stanley just walks up and pretty much berates Coulson, saying, "You need to listen to your daughter. You need to show her respect and her choices." That type of thing. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. I'm going to have to go rewatch that one now. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the episode's called Tracks. Okay, cool. Well, I'm sure we can find that on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> well, unless there's any more, I think uh, I think that's going to do it. So, uh, first off, MC Rewind, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having us. It was great. Oh, yeah. It's always fun to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you guys want to follow more of MC Rewind, I can't recommend it enough. MC Rewind on wherever you download podcast at MCU underscore Rewind on Twitter, as well as MCURewind.com, which is a great place to keep up with these guys. Now, Ken, again, thank you for coming in and being our first time judge here. Uh, it was a lot of fun having you here. You're welcome. I'd love to do this again. Okay, yeah. we, we have it. We have it on audio. We have it down. Oh, won't you edit that part out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, you know, I'd love to join in every now and then. Sure. It's fun. Yeah. Nice. Fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, as far as this podcast goes, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can reach us at MC Need to Know, both on Twitter and Instagram. But really, the best place to keep in touch with us is the Discord. Uh, you can find a link for all of those places in the show notes. And of course, the best thing you can do for us is five-star rating. Nope, that's the second best thing. The best thing you can do for us is share with a friend uh, and get more people to have the bigger conversation. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on a SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Tony, Al, Ken, and Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. Thank you. Thank you. you. Anytime. We'll see you all next week. Now, of course, if you downloaded this, well, I'm going to start at that again. We haven't started the timer yet. I can do bloopers yep. still. <laughs> I don't know, once, once the timer starts, it's...